Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Life's so fucking boring at this point, but this is the Ball and Roll Pick and Pod. My name is Rich. We're, we're still in quarantine. Nothing's going on. The last dance is over, so we have nothing to talk about. But we got a guest. Before we get to him, Handy Mandy, we got a carpenter here as our co-host. Kevin, you bought your first saw this week. How are you doing? I'm a power tool guy now. You, 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 want, you want me to come over and chop some wood? I got you, dude. Show me a tree and I'll get it down fast. You want Like my next goal, I'm going to build a deck. I started with the fence, got it done. Now I'm going to go build a deck. Like for a guy like me, right? We In my family, we're used to like hiring people to do things, right? Just purely because we don't know what the fuck we're doing when we touch things like that. And I was like, you know what? I'm done with this. You know, I want to be like a man's man. Like I want to like throw back whiskey. I want to go like create something with some wood and do all that. When I got a power tool and had no idea how to use it and kind of winged it and it worked out, have all my phalanges attached. So that's kind of cool. You should also put put together like a birdhouse for everyone. I don't do no birdhouses over here. No birds over here, dog. I'm going to put a dog house. Because, you know, only dogs over here. Only canines over here. Did you ever see that um, commercial? Like, it's an Australian commercial about decks. Oh, wait, decks? What's that? What's that? No, like that Australian commercial about, like, coloring your deck or whatever Oh, oh, dude, you don't color your decks. You warnish them. I'll send you the... I'm a wood guy. I know this. I'll send you the commercial (laughs) after this. But anyways... We got a guest on this podcast for the first time in what seems like years. Um, local North Toronto guy, Niall Windler. How are you doing, dude? I'm good, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Um, now, have you heard of that Australian commercial? Like that deck one? It's no, but I, f- I feel like there's something with the pronunciation of deck. Yes, that, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, is it like referring to a phallus? Yes. Oh, very cool. Interesting. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. Also known as wood or something. Yeah. Like that, right? oh. <laughs> it's essentially a minute long commercial of a guy talking about his deck. Oh. Okay. But okay. making references to penis. Dude, that's, oh. that's good marketing. It, that's it's, good marketing. Yeah. What way to sell something to men than talk about decks? Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Um, anyways, before we get going, um, that was a weird intro, but ballandroll.com, your spot for the best basketball content on the web. We still are making content, believe it or not. There's still stuff happening. Shop.ballandroll.com, your spot for the hottest basketball merch on the web. Guys, Last Dance is over, so that takes up pretty much half our show, right, Kev? Oh, uh, yeah, pretty much. I mean... What else is there about basketball if you can't talk about Michael Jordan, you know? And mm-hmm. so, yeah, it takes up a lot. But at the same time, don't worry. Like, the league is still churning. Adam Silver, he's in. A, he's with the think tank. He's trying to come together with something innovative to get the season back going. You know, we're hearing rumblings about uh, World Cup-type uh, seeding where, you know, different tiers, different groups, thing, which is very interesting. We'll talk more about that as we go on. And, you know, we have um, talks of uh, LaMelo Ball finalizing on his team down in New Zealand and how he is just grinding out how he wants to be the greatest player of all time. 
Um, and we had uh, uh, Jerry Sloan, who passed away recently, RIP. Um, and, you know, he left his impact on the league. He was an ex-Chicago Bull, uh, also a pretty good coach throughout his career as well. So a huge loss for the league. But, you know, there's still things that are happening in the league here and there. Fair. Um, that being said, Wendy, do you think sports are going to be back? Like I think the, yeah, I, th- I think the NBA is going to be back for sure. Um, the, it came out that the, all the superstars were on that call together. And I think it's like a superstar driven <laughs> league. So I think if they're, if they want to play, they're going to figure out a way to play. So they're just probably putting together right. some sort of campus environment, but I, I'm pretty positive mm-hmm. that by July right. we'll be seeing so basketball. I'm, Right. So I'm not prepared at all for this week's. So what is this World Cup thing? Um, I don't watch soccer. I don't know how the World mm-hmm. Cup seedings work. No <laughs> Brazil wins. So like, how does this work? <laughs> so, so uh, Kevin, you talk about. It. All right. No. No. Okay. So I'll, I'll kind of go uh, a little bit into it and correct me if I'm wrong at any point, Wendy. Because uh, yeah. I mean, I, I just kind of roughly read through uh one of the articles about it so basically how world world cup works is that there's going to be different tiers for you know how strong certain teams are and from those tiers um they're going to build groups basically so the way it's set up right now um so there will be a top tier you know the one tier below that and then a medium tier and a lower tier things like that right and then FIBA. Like the FIBA world, basketball world. Yeah, Cup, it's exactly like that. It's exactly okay. like that. So okay. tier one, it consists of like Bucks, Lakers, Raptors, Clippers. Tier two, Celtics, Nuggets, Jazz, Heat. Tier yeah. three, Thunder, Rockets, Pacers, Sixers, and yada, yada. And tier five is Blazers, Pelicans, Kings, and Spurs. So right now, they were talking about having 16 teams come in, right? Yeah. But the way this will work, work is that having 20 teams come in. So kind of four other teams, uh, which were in the fringe of making into the playoffs, pull them along as well, and then have kind of a round-robin type of thing where uh, in each group, every team plays another team at least, uh, I think it's twice if I'm not wrong, and uh, the best uh, two teams from each group that has the best records, they move on to the next round, and they keep on going like that. That sounds sounds so complicated. But the exciting part, so they're talking about how to create each group, right? So... Uh, in World Cup, they, they televise uh, basically like announcing the group and things like that, which is exciting. So, you know, as a Raptor fan, you want to be in like an easier group or, you know, if you if your ego is that high, you want to be in like a harder group just to kind of prove your uh, prove your how good you are, basically. But they're also talking about how to make it fair to cho- let the tier one team. So the best teams um, let them choose their groups, basically. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, it'll be kind of like a draft situation. So probably a rep from the team uh, comes along and uh, uh, does that. But that would be very exciting. Imagine having that televised, right? A Raptor team that be like, you know what? I want uh, Blazers uh, uh, in my group and blah, blah, blah. And then kind of situate yourself in a group where you think you might be, you might have a better advantage on getting to the next round, basically. So that sounds super complicated. Like, um, Kev, remember when uh, the All-Star break was coming and we were talking about the new All-Star game rules and how we had no idea what was going on until we actually watched the game? This sounds way worse and way more complicated. Okay, no, no, no. Don't say way worse because you have no. to understand, like, that All-Star, that uh, that adjustment was awesome. Yeah, it was electric. That was, dude, it, was, it was awesome. 
It was awesome, but when Ernie Johnson's on NBA on TNT explaining how this is going to like break down, I'm just like, I I'm, I got to watch this game to figure out what he's talking about because I have Rich, no idea. Yeah, go ahead, Wendy. Rich, think okay. So the Ringer put together like possible groups, and this is just an example. So pick, imagine a group that has the Lakers, Heat, Rockets, Magic, and Pelicans, and two of them make the playoffs from it. Like, that's four really good teams that have to actually fight to get to the playoffs. Like, because two, only two make it, right? Like, that would be right. really good basketball. And you could play, like, that's like, I, you know, if they each play two games, that's a lot of basketball. And then, fair. you know, leads into the playoffs. Yeah. Rich, I, I get that. It's, it is confusing, of course. That totally makes sense. But this is a proven system. World Cup... In soccer, they've been using this for a long time right now. I know, of course, FIBA has too. But World Cup, that, that's one of the most exciting uh, kind of moments of certain fans, just knowing what group you're going to be in. This is going to drive up some of uh, their missed revenue, like televised revenue um, that they miss for not, not playing out certain games. Like they can have this televised, and they'll get a lot of money for this. But also, like, let's not – like Adam Silver, he's a brilliant, brilliant man. Uh, the adjustments for the All-Star game, it was confusing at first. Like We all acted like we knew, but realistically, we had no idea until that fourth quarter when everything kind of was going down, uh, getting to the 24 and blah, 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 whatever. But that made the All-Star game finally exciting. Like Up to this uh, last year, All-Star games have been absolutely boring. After a certain era, when players started to get that superstar status, All-Star games got gotten boring. So that injected a little bit of excitement back into the league. And I think this will propel the league to the next level. Okay. But also keep in mind that I'm a creature of habit. I've been eating the exact same breakfast. I, I, I hate you for that. All day for this quarantine. Like, I still believe that baseball should have 162 games. I do not like change, Kevin. And yeah, but I, understand yeah. that baseball is a, is a league that hasn't evolved much. But you look at you know, their fan bases, uh, their fan base is kind of growing or anything. It hasn't really done the same kind of way as a basketball has basketball has always been evolving and that's that's kudos to the commissioners how they've been doing it and the league staff how they've been doing it uh and that's why they have a larger reach and their fan base is growing a little bit more and more every year okay but and i yeah this, yeah. Is, a, yeah, this yeah. is a weird sorry yeah, yeah. no no wendy go ahead go ahead wendy uh i was just like this is a weird year like this is just a throwaway hmm. year so i think at this point just take like we got like I'm a creature of habit too. I want East versus West. You know, yeah. I want I want the normal, but you can't have the normal really anymore. So a creative option like this could just be fun for the year. Right. But like my thinking here is, first of all, I'm assuming that NBA owners are going to have to accept this. New of course. Order. Yes. Yeah. And I can't picture NBA owners getting on board behind this or even like even the receding idea, like the one through 16 receding, because I feel like out in the East where it's the competition's easier. Like, for example, the Bucks. Why would the Bucks want to face the Clippers and the Lakers on their path to a championship? Right. So the Bucks won't play the Clippers or the Lakers in the first round or anything like that. So have them in their bracket. Like if conferences, if conference remains. Mm-hmm. They will either play, like, say they make the finals, they'll either play the Lakers or the Clippers or whoever else in the in the finals. But the point mm-hmm. is, they won't play this way. The 
they might play the Celtics, then they might play the Clippers, then they might play the Lakers. That's a tough road for for the Bucks, who otherwise would have been playing the Orlando Magic, then a random force seed, then maybe the Raptors, and then <laughs> one of the Lakers or the you know. So like, are I, we saying that we should allow a, t- a weaker team to just skate their way through um, the East? That, well, I, I think you know what if if you are supposed to be the NBA champion. Yeah. You should be able to play any team in the league and beat them. That shows true greatness. So I yeah, throw that randomized schedule your way. I disagree. As a reigning oh, champion, I would not want the Raptors to play a team with Kevin Durant that's, on see, it. That's, that's fear. That's yeah. a lack of confidence you have in your team. I don't care. I'll put it. Like, I'll, no, I no, 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 no. As a true fan, I mean, if you see the Raptors, I think they will have a good shot against some of the teams from the West. But say if they meet, uh, they will meet Lakers first round. But say if they meet Lakers in the second round, that will be a tough bout. Well, uh, the way it seems now is like if they go with the reseeding, the Lakers and the Raptors will probably meet in the semis. Because they're no, no, I'm talking about the 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 World Cup format, World Cup format. But the 16, yeah, even in the semifinals, like that would be exciting. Like we were like, remember when LeBron was in the East, and LeBron owned the East, and every year he was there. You know, we were just expecting him to go to the finals no matter what, just because the Eastern teams were weaker. But imagine if LeBron at that time he had to go out and face one of the stronger teams out West at an earlier rounds. That's a true right. test. For okay, him, right? so. Okay, so your question for you. So I, what I struggle with is I, NBA owners will just not be interested in a change right now. The season is half, is pretty much over. It's just the playoffs. You can't just – I understand the circumstance is different, but you can't just say, hey, we're just going to change the entire playoff format and this is what we're going to do. You know? Like, do you feel me there? Rich, I just think you're having LeBron toe flashbacks. And, uh, <laughs> you are so scared. I, th- I think you're just a bit scared of that. Dude, I love LeBron. If there's anyone who eliminates the Raptors, I'd want it to be LeBron. So can go <laughs> their championship. That's a lie. I saw when LeBron hit that bank shot off OJ Ananobi, that depression in your face as soon as that ball went uh, yeah. in. Yeah, but, but also keep in mind that I knew that the Raptors weren't going to win that series. You had hope. There was a slight hope within you. Don't lie. Okay, fine. And that moment kind of took away that slight bit of hope. Uh, <laughs> but, but see, the thing, one thing I wanted to say about this. Okay, so you know how with the 16-team um, format, whatever it is, the issue is that there were some teams in the chase, right? I get it. You know, if they were meant to be in the playoffs, they should have made a run early on. But you look at a team like Sacramento, they had like a late season kind of surge. They were doing much better at the late, uh, latter end of the season where they were actually trying to get their get themselves into the playoffs. You look at a team like Portland, you know, they've had injuries throughout the season with Lillard being out for an extended time, you know, uh, McCollum being out for a short little while as well. Now they have a healthy team. They were also on route to get into the playoffs as well. But what the 20 team format, what it does is a lot of those four teams who were in the race, like, you know, Portland, uh, Pelicans, uh, Sacramento, and Spurs to come in as well and join them. I think that would be fair. You look at a guy like Damian, uh, Damian Lillard right now. He's uh, it, I, Media has taken a lot of what he said out of context, but he's basically saying, um, you know, he doesn't want to go back in 
if he's not going to be in the playoffs, which makes sense because what's the point of going and putting yourself at risk? But this right. will kind of help his case in a sense. Yeah. Imagine if imagine if Dame is in this like World Cup format and he just averages forty five points a game for eight games, which he's done before, and then he just shoots them into the playoffs. Like that would be incredible. It would be it would be exciting. It would be absolutely exciting, dude. This is the NBA playoffs first round would be exciting then. And you know how Dame is one of those guys who loves that chip on the shoulder. Oh, you know, yeah. No matter what, like he waits for that. He he lives for him and uh, Westbrook are like that. He lives for somebody to say you're not a good three point shooter to go out there and hit like the greatest three point shot on top of somebody's yeah. face. Like that. That's just the type of guy he is. Okay, but how bad is Carmelo Anthony going to be after this whole quarantine's done? Something you have to take into account. He's still on Portland, right? He's been, yeah. staying, he's been staying mellow this whole time. He's fine. Yeah. Dude, he's got so much money, he doesn't care. So, <laughs> Mellow's good. Fair. He's a so Jordan athlete a after all. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. No Jordan talk. Um, anyways, here's a question for the both of you, and let's kick things off with Wendy. Once the season is to return, like which team or teams do you think are going to be just most able to jump right back into it and really compete for a championship? Like, I guess the Bucks are one, the, the Clippers are another one. Like, who do you think is going to kind of get into it the, quicker, you know? Like, who's not, who's not going to feel the rust as much, if that question makes sense? Mm-hmm. For sure. And the the way the way I think about it is to do the opposite. And it's like, who's going to be screwed where it's like, who's going to eat too much during the like Jokic, right? Nuggets are like, that's going to be tough coming back. You know, yeah. he's probably put on 20 pounds, you know, Embiid with the Sixers. Mm-hmm. Like, come on, he's just too many uh, Shirley Temples in the <laughs> middle off season here. So I think I think it would be more chalk where it's like, yeah. you know, the Bucks are going to be there. The Raps are going to be there, the Lakers, Clippers, Celtics. But, yeah, it's tough. It's going to be the guys who, like, really care and really are taking this time seriously. Yeah, I I feel like it will be the teams that just have that more serious culture. Like the Raptors, uh, the Clippers are another team. Like the ones that have been – have shown to be more focused throughout the season, they're going to be able to maintain that focus throughout. Mm -hmm. But – in terms of the Denver Nuggets, like another thing with them is when they play home, they have that high altitude advantage, right? I don't know how much of a role that plays for them because I have no, I personally don't know. But do you think that's gonna kind of hamper their chances chances again because now they're just playing on the central site? I have no idea. I'm just yeah, that's the, yeah. Their pressure works. Maybe. Maybe. Anyways, so, the way I'm either. looking at the playoffs, right? Um, I, you, Mike, Michael Jordan talked about this. Kobe talked about this. Some of the old, like players that got older, talks about this. When you get older, it takes a little bit of time to warm up the engine to get back out there. So the advantage going into the playoffs would be for like younger teams because yeah. you know a younger guy in their early 20s or something, they, they would be able to just get up out of the bed and go run like a 48 game, 48 minute pickup game, no matter what. There's no issue with that. But for a guy who's in like his 30s, it's going to be a little harder. Or a guy who has like uh, knee issues or like chronic injuries, they're going to have issues because yeah. they won't have that 
ease uh, getting eased into the league right so a team like raptors they're gonna have a huge advantage because that it's a young, majority younger team so they might be able to go get out there and go running denver too i mean yeah Jokic, of course he had the history of gaining weight but at the same time uh it's a young squad they'll be oh, out there sure. get, uh, getting ready to run so you look at a team like lakers anthony davis with a lot of injury issues. LeBron, I'm sure he takes care of his body, but it's he even talks about it. Like it takes a little bit of time for him to kind of warm up as well. So he's gonna have issues. Kawhi Leonard, I he's had a little bit of time off, but he has those issues. So yeah. how I you know, it, it, when the season started, he had to get eased in, you know, with the load management and everything like that. Like he's he's not gonna have that opportunity now. He has to go full speed right off the start. So yeah. those are all factors. You look at a team like Miami, a lot of young guys, Bam out of Bayou, who get out run Duncan Robinson. Tyler Hero, all those guys, they'll get out running. So I think those teams will have the advantage. But also, um, here's my thinking. Um, there's always going to be a little bit of a trade-off, right? Mm-hmm. Like, for example, you mentioned the Raptors. If you remember when the season was a thing, mm-hmm. they would have so many injuries. Like, every single week, somebody would go down with an injury. And I feel like this hiatus... When was that, like, Richard? When did those injuries start? It was, like, closer to mid-season. Oh, dude, that was it was years ago. But what I'm what I'm saying is this two months was so important for a team like that because it helps them get healthy. Like Marcus Gasol gets healthy, Fred VanVleet gets healthy, uh, Norman Powell gets healthy, Kyle Lowry gets healthy, and I feel like for guys like LeBron James or Jimmy Butler, guys who have a higher usage and higher minute totals per game, it gives them time to recover. You know, so while yes, they're older, it might get. It might take them a little more time to work off the rust. At the same time, it's really, really key for them for recovery. Like even the Philadelphia 76ers, like before the hiatus, Joel Embiid had, I think, a knee problem or whatever. Mm -hmm. And um, Ben Simmons had a back problem. He had like a nerve problem in his back. And now he's like, yeah, Kendall Jenner. Yeah. Busted that boy's back. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Kendall Jenner blew out his back. But it's 100% right now. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I, I completely get your point that the younger teams are going to be able to get right back into it. But mm-hmm. let's keep in mind that there's still it seems like there's still going to be a two to three week training camp to kind of get the older guys up to speed as well. So I feel at the very end, it's but all nothing compares to an actual in game situation, though. Well, training camp, I'm, I'm assuming they're going to have some preseason games. Yeah, do you think so? I yeah. think so. They, they have to. I think that. Yeah, maybe. That's the thing. I think it's running a baby. out of time. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> They're running out of time, but also it seems like that's what the owners are pushing for. But the- also, you're, you're talking about a preseason game where they're going to go full speed. It doesn't have to be full speed. No, it's but just- that's the thing. That's the thing. Like any of these preseason pickup games, whatever it is, it won't compare to the full speed regular season game, especially a playoff game as well. Sure, but it's all about progression, man. Like you, you have to use these pre- preseason games. Mm-hmm. To- your legs under you to get your shot going again and then like slowly in- increase the intensity right like, i think every single owner wants preseason games before a playoff and at that oh, for sure dude lebron would gain the most out of this like why would gain the most out of this i think that's really needed but you know as wendy said i don't think there's enough time left for preseason games before i, I, I think they'll find we're, we're pushing towards june right I, now I, yeah, I understand that, but I also think that they're going to find time. They're not owners are not going to agree to jump right into the playoffs. I feel yeah. if there aren't four or five tune-ups. At the same time, there's also a risk of injury there. You can't just have guys 
jump out oh, of yeah, like 100%. Yeah. And right to high intensity playoffs where mm-hmm. minute, minute totals are going to skyrocket, right? You need mm-hmm. to have those like four or five preseason tune up games to just make sure guys are healthy, right? Mm-hmm. That's my mm-hmm. thing. So I don't know how they're going to do this timing wise. Keep in mind that because everyone in the central spot, there's no travel. So they're not going to have to fo- focus on flying anywhere. So there's not going to be the three or four days between games, right? Mm-hmm. Like there are in typical playoff series, right? Mm-hmm. So because they're going to mm-hmm. limit on those like three to four day off, day off periods, they can have like a couple of or four or five uh, tune-up games mm-hmm. before the playoffs start. That's my thing. Yeah. Uh, I'm curious. I'll see what happens. Fair. Yeah. Either way. Um, something uh, Rudy go might get COVID again and nothing will happen. Yo, leave leave Rudy's uh, name out your mouth, boy. Okay, he's trying to mend his relationship with Donovan. Okay, he's uh-huh. calling Don, Rudy, and Don. They're calling each other every night, trying to make it sweet. Now, leave him alone. Okay, he's got enough to, things to deal with right now. That's fair. But speaking of the Utah Jazz, um, Boyan Bogdanovich is out for the season too. He had wrist surgery, I believe. So that's a, yeah, that's a big loss. But anyways, um, shall we change our focus a little bit? Yeah. So, so uh, to change the focus, um, doc- documentaries is a big thing right now. The Last Dance took off after Tiger King, and now everybody wants to come out with documentaries. Like mm-hmm. Tom Brady documentary in the work, then you hear about a Kobe and a Magic Johnson documentary in the work. Matt Barnes even noted how the – we believe warriors have a documentary that's in the work as well. So mm-hmm. here's, here's just a question for you guys. One, which of these documentaries do you just not care for? And which documentaries would you want to actually see? Like pick athletes, whatever. Uh, let's start off with our guest, Wendy, what you got? Well, there's, there's a, I believe a documentary out or like some, some, uh, maybe a podcast or something that talks about Ron Artest and his kind of journey through the league. Mm-hmm. And that would be one I would be very interested in. Cause like the guy applied for a job at like circuit city while he was with the bulls. Cause he wanted <laughs> just like, I just want to know what that guy's doing. So that would for sure be one I'd want to, you know, watch, but mm-hmm. that's you, my first pick. Do you that's care, a solid pick. Do you care about the, we believe documentary? Like the We Believe Warriors one? I, mean, I don't. Uh, yeah, I, I would be kind of cool just to see. Like, Baron Davis had some of his best games then, didn't he? Just I'm watch sure. Dude, just watch, go on YouTube and watch the highlight of Baron Davis dunking over Kirilenko. That's I, like, it. I want to hear Baron talk. I want to hear Matt Barnes. Was it uh, – who was er- Ersan Eliasol? Was he on that squad? Ooh, or Corey McGetty? I don't even know. But anyway, all I know – kind of cool. All I know is that right after that series was over, they got their asses handed to them by yeah. the Utah yeah. in the second yeah. round. Yeah, it happens. <laughs> It'd be like that sometimes. They <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. lost. <laughs> greatest comeback or greatest upset in history, and then we lost in the second. <laughs> it really be like that sometimes, dude. Um, Thanks for coming out, guys. But yeah. Anyways, before I give my pick of a documentary, another one, the Tom Brady one. Like, I'm dude. sorry, I'm. No, I'm, Kevin, you're a Pats fan. Once, give me a second. Give me a sec. Give me a sec. I really don't care about a Tom Brady documentary. And I true, think true. he's a really, really great quarterback and a really great NFL player. But he's just kind of boring. 
his uh, life. Okay. He's, Why don't we has, watch a Tony Romo documentary, Cowboy Fed? You know, all, those, all those rings. Let's go count them one by one. I don't want to watch that either. I don't even need a hand but, to count but, those rings, boy. You know what? I I think Brady's the goat, but I actually kind of agree with Rich here because oh, like okay. the guy. No, the guy's like just. No, come on. Jordan Jordan had like major problems off the field and like or off the court. And not major problems. He gambled. He was like staying out late. Like what are we going to look at? Brady going to bed at 7 p.m. and not eating strawberries? Like yeah. Like he's he's a weird guy, but he's so good. You can't deny it. But like he's just not like interesting where okay 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 yeah See, that's I'm not what i'm being mean. a brady stan i don't want to be a brady stan but also like in a third person perspective unbiased perspective over here let me just say this is a guy clearly he did something right clearly he has some sort of a competitive nature within him which yeah. players say are seemed a little bit out of character when he when they first saw it in a teammate also this is a guy who secured one of the Biggest models, Brazilian models in the world. Somehow, yeah. he clearly has to have some sort of interesting thing about him in order to do that. So I'm just well, saying, like, there has to be something there, dude. Well, like, well yeah. Even like with us dance, there was drama. Like Michael, like Michael Jordan on the bus to like kind of stir the pot. Like there was a villain in the show. There is like problems that he actually had, like personal. Yeah, they have a villain. It's everybody in, in the world. No, I Patriots oh, versus everybody. You know the rules. But dude, I'm just saying Tom Brady just lives this perfect life. He has true. A, true. he's with a supermodel. He kisses his kids on the lips at seven. Allegedly. 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 <laughs> it's not allegedly. There's video proof. That's the worst yeah. part. Damn it, Thomas Edward. People sh- people show love in different ways. Exactly. Yeah. Like Tom Brady's not doesn't have any vices. He's not gonna throw Anybody under the bus? He's not going to throw. If you Vince talk about Robert Kraft, would that get, be enough, a spicy enough for you guys? No. Anyways, uh, um, uh, like, like for me, if I really wanted to see a documentary, mm-hmm. like I'd love to see one on like Barry Bonds. Oh, like, that would be good. I think I think that would be sick, just because this dude like, literally took off. I think he's the best baseball player of all time, and then just to kind of see how he was during the steroid era. There is so much drama attached to his name. I think that would be an actual fun documentary. Like Barry Bonds would be sick. And just like wrap in like Mark McGuire and uh, Sammy Sosa and just everybody from that steroid era who, who juiced. I think that would be an interesting. Steroid era. Yeah, that would be an interesting. Does that follow Ice Age? How does this work? No. Okay. okay. <laughs> that would be interesting documentary that has like drama and yeah, a lot of interest like that that's just me what you got don't say tom are, no no are we doing like uh, like going one by one for each other are we doing like serpent uh ser- serpent draft type thing or are we just listing everything we got because i have 10 yeah you got and i was gonna go with like a top four for each or something like a top okay okay, okay you know what I'll, I'll i'll narrow this down to top four ah <sighs> And then I'll have some honorary mentions. So one, I wanted um, – so the Malice in the Palace, right? So I have a series of the sit-down interview. You remember the one with Magic Johnson and Isaiah Thomas where they're like really uncomfortably close, like where, you know, they're basically up in each other's face and having that conversation and crying and holding, hugging each other. Beautiful, beautiful. But at the same time, like I want that but in a series. So the Malice in the Palace. But this time – on one seat, I want Jermaine O'Neal. 
And on the other seat, there was a Detroit fan who almost lost his life that night. Okay, so what? Uh, let me just recount what happened. So my dude, he was on the ground. I don't know how he got on the ground, but he was there. He was a bigger dude. So he was getting up, and Jermaine O'Neal was running at him like full force, dude. And this is a big dude. Jermaine O'Neal was one of the baddest dudes who played the game. Yeah. He's coming at him with full force, but last minute, like literally last minute, he slipped on a cup on the ground. And that punch like missed him by an inch, right? That yeah. guy almost lost his life. I want I want Jermaine O'Neal and that guy to sit across each other and talk. That's my documentary. So you don't want just like a documentary on Malice in the Palace? No, 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 no. That's too bougie. Like, I just want this. I, I feel like there's so much that I haven't. I feel like the guy who almost died almost saw God that night. Like, if I saw Jermaine O'Neal come at me full force, dude, I will. I, like, if I wasn't religious, I would find God that night. That's for a fact. <laughs> Fair. It's a good thing you have a son now. Um, anyway, <laughs> Wendy, what you got? Well, my second one would follow the short peak of one of my personal favorite basketball players ever. And that is, of course, Agent Zero, Gilbert Arenas. Like, such a good one. I don't know. I I don't even know where he would go. There's like, you know, uh, he's just so fascinating to me because, you know, second round pick then turns into like a top five NBA player mm-hmm. for like three years. And then, you know, the famous gun incident and then he hurts himself and all this. But he's just so interesting to me. And I think I think he would be a, a good doc. Dude, he is so funny, too. Like, um... He's hilarious. Dude, did you did you see him talk about that story when um so in college it was him and RJ were on the same college team, right? And I mm-hmm. think Channing might have been on this on that team as well. But mm-hmm. no, I don't think so. But anyways, RJ, um, he made it to the league. He was a first round pick. Um with Gilbert Arenas, there was some like makeup concerns, so he went in the second round and he ultimately mm-hmm. got paid way before RJ did. And then any time they used to play together, like after uh, Gilbert Arena secured his contract, he would just talk shit to RJ about how much money he gets paid and how RJ still in his first round um, <laughs> beginning contract. So that was hilarious. Uh, I'd go with Nick Young. I think Swaggy is hilarious. <laughs> they could dude, do a joint one. Dude, just like a documentary entering this guy's brain would be yeah. sick. And I to- want JaVale McGee to narrate it too. Yes. And, dude, Nick Young wants to make an NBA comeback. He tweeted it. I mean, yeah, I'm sure there's a use for him. I'm like, before he went out, he was a pretty decent shooter. He was. Like, he could be a role guy. He's not. Yeah. He wasn't terrible. He could be a role guy. Not anymore. Like, he played four games at Denver, and I bet forgot all about that because I did before reading it, and he was not good. It, like, are, are we going to talk about um, the um, uh, D'Angelo Russell gate as well? Oh, yeah. Snapchat gate? Sick. Adding that would that be interesting. Like that story, that'd be so funny. Nick Young with just Nick Young talking, looking at the iPad, just like Michael Jordan did. I think that would be so funny. Kind of like a Nick, kind of like a Nick Young sequel of The Last Dance. That would be so funny. Solid pick. So with my next pick, I'm gonna take Stefan Marbury's career. Oh, uh, and also his rise. Like mainly, I want to talk about like his brief stint with the league, but also when he went over to China, how he rose to kind of a godly status over there. That's who. That's my pick. Do you want a documentary about a guy who eats Vaseline? You know, this is your one. Yes, one hundred percent. Like, why would you not want to document? Because I want to know why he does that. <laughs> 
I think they built him a statue in China. I'm not yeah. even kidding. So, yeah. He, no, that's the thing. He's in godly status over there. So, yeah. Uh, he plays for the he plays for the Ducks, right? I think. He oh, retired. He, re- he retired like a couple of years ago. But, but I always find anyways, it funny. He also had like um, a uh, Broadway show, like a Chinese Broadway show as well, yeah. talking about his journey. And it's one. It, it gets sold out pretty much every night. Yeah. I always find it funny how the biggest NBA names in China is Kobe Bryant and Stefan Marbury right under him. Yeah. <laughs> what, a, what a time to be alive. Uh, go ahead, Wendy. Number three. What, oh, you didn't have a th- Did you have a third, Rich? Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, my bad. Yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, third. My, yeah. Um, I want, I, I want, this is like kind of boring, but I just want a Gretzky doc. I don't know if there's been a good one of just, you know, like if you look up his point totals, he's like just so far ahead of everyone. And it's just like, it could be like a Jordan style, just like admiring how good he was kind of doc. But I feel like that would be really interesting. Eh. What do you mean? Eh. Dude, he's, a, he's the goat of hockey. That's a great yeah. pick. That is okay. actually like the great pick. Like, it's not like he was just in one team and great. He went to multiple teams and he was great throughout his whole career. Eh. I what re- do you mean? Yeah, dude. You, I refuse to enjoy hockey. Oh, I can't do it. Yo, you saw. Shut up. <laughs> I, I refuse. It's it, I can't get into hockey, and I you're tried. you're the bucket of the week for that answer. But Rich, just just go look up his numbers. No, just I, look, I, I promise I, you look them up. No, it's I absurd. am very I am very familiar with his numbers. Like Kev, Kev, you and I like Googled him a couple of weeks ago, right? Yeah, I don't know. And we came to the conclusion that it's insane the fact that he has those numbers. Yeah, there we go. Um, let's see. Fun. That could be. That's the only hockey documentary that's allowed uh, <laughs> uh let me see uh okay here, let me hear this okay what do you got? so my next one would be terrell owens oh or maybe yes. or maybe like a joint doc with terrell owens and ocho cinco oh, i no, think no, I would no, no, no you understand that would break the world <laughs> I, that is way too much. Like it's like it's like mixing heroin and like crack. Yeah. Like you should not do that. <laughs> wait, actually, on top. Wait, okay. Now I have an image in my head. Okay. So if Terrell Owens or any wide receiver who's a diva hears this, like let's work together. Um, you know how there's like the sect in football which is classified as the diva wide receiver. Just okay. have like a documentary on like those guys, like Antonio Brown. Terrell Owens, Chad Ochoacinco, <laughs> just that, just being. I think that's just like too much CTE. It's not even like being a diva at that point. Like some of the actions some of these guys take is very questionable, dude. Yeah, but Terrell Antonio Owens, Brown, I, w- yeah. I, w- I would be down for that, 100%. I just, the, I just think it would be fun. Like, the AB one would get dark It would real get quick. real dark, man. But how high he got and how far he fell down, like so fast. Like he came off a thousand yard, a hundred catch season to like being blackballed by the league. Well, I mean, he's well deserved for sure. Like by his actions. Yeah, he didn't do him. No, no, no. But at the same time, like that's the thing. Wendy said it correctly. Like it's dark because of that. Like that doesn't happen all the time. Yeah, I just, I just think in football, it's very interesting how there's like. It's black and white. There's the guys like Julio Jones, Mike Evans, who are just 
like very professional, do their job, leave, you know, and just are so great at what they do. And then on the other side of the spectrum, there's like guys like Antonio Brown, Terrell Owens, who just, they're a complete, Julian Edelman. you know, Oh, oh yeah, especially. Hey, hey, leave Jules out of this, okay? <laughs> one time steroid problem, that's all. I'm just okay. <laughs> but I'm going to stick with the basketball because we are a basketball podcast. So I have, with my next documentary, uh, Steph Curry's life. Not just his career. I don't want to see his career. I want to uh, talk about his growth in the league. Like, be in the shadow of the league. Like, when he was a child kind of being with his dad who was with multiple teams, especially with the Raptors and stuff like that, and how that kind of had an impact on his growth into the player that he is right now. So personally, I think Steph Curry for me is kind of like Tom Brady is with football, that they're just so nice and they have, they just have such perfect lives. That is no, but this is, this is talking about, oh my Lord. No, I, yeah, I agree with Kev there. Wait, wait, Kev, Kev, wait, but, but, I think during the 2010s, the NBA kind of really, really changed with more analytics uh, and the three-point shot really evolving. And Steph Curry was kind of like the face for that change. So I don't know if I would want to see just a documentary on Steph Curry because I think as a human being, he's very boring. But I think, no, but it's it's not even about, dude. It's not even about his career. Like that's not it about his life right now. Yeah, I'm talking but, about like, dude. He was putting up shots when he was like eight, nine years old in the Raptors arena. So was I. Well, no, not as no, 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 no. Like, like just his pops was uh, at shoot around and he was out there shooting type thing. Sure, but I, I he just, was catching passes from other NBA stars. Yeah, that's that's neat, but that's just like a YouTube. That's a YouTube clip. I think, like, I just think his life and his upbringing is. Like, it's boring to me just because there's no drama there. There's nothing that's going to tie me into a documentary. But I think it's going to be really interesting to show how the game just completely changed this past decade. And how Steph Curry was just, like, the one of the faces of that change. Like, Damian Lillard is, a, like, one of the faces of that change. Clay Thompson, guys like that, you know? So is that is that your last pick? No, no, that's just me, like, getting into a... I didn't realize you were the producer of my documentary. What happened? Who got you as an executive producer in here? I'm sorry. I'm what happened? Sorry. I, 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 I forgot. I didn't hire you over here. What's going on, Doc? You're I'm like Spike Lee, just moving in here. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, Wendy, go ahead. Your last pick. Well, it came down to Kendrick Perkins or Skip Bayless. Um, no, that was a joke. I'm going to go with it's deep cut Brian Wilson the uh, former closer for the San Francisco Giants. Okay. He was, I I think he has one or two World Series rings, and you could probably talk about that incredible run, but, like, the guy was so weird and, like, said that he was a ninja because he was training to be a ninja in his dreams. And <laughs> I just think it could go a lot of funny places. And he, he was really good, too, but yeah. he was kind of a Dennis Rodman of the MLB for a little bit. Dude. And Kev, I, I don't know if you know who this is, but no idea. Dude, his beard is iconic. <laughs> yeah, his beard yeah. is iconic. Wait, is it, is it, oh no, no, I've seen him play. Was that during the Fear of the Beard? Yes. Was that the, I've seen him play? I was in San Francisco one time and I watched yes. the Giants play. Yeah, that is that I've is Fear of the Beard. That's the dude. beard. And he had like <laughs> he was he was he was a crazy guy. Dude, and he had like the sick celebration after he uh, closed out games. 
it was like kind of psychotic looking, but he's also kind of psychotic. And the grades <laughs> yeah, are psychotic. We know this. The grades are yeah. psychotic. That's yeah. just the way it is. And um, I don't know if either of you guys know this story, but I believe, um, I think it was Trevor Bauer who told the story, but Trevor Bauer went to UCLA for college. And one time, um, since shows up during a UCLA, UCLA baseball practice in flip-flops and randomly just gets onto a mound, throws a pen in flip-flops, topping out at like 95, 96, <laughs> and leaves. That's so yeah. gangster. I believe he's, it. Dude, he's in shorts, flip-flops, and just a t-shirt. Shows up at a practice, doesn't even speak to the player players. This guy's like a World Series champ, one of the most recognizable closers in the game. Mm-hmm. Just shows up, throws a pen and flip-flops, and leaves. That's legendary. Yeah, and like for reference, like for example, I've worked so many showcases in my life. Mm-hmm. And whenever you come to showcases, like baseball showcases, you see everyone just so ready to go. They have like their baseball pants or baseball shirts. Only one time have I ever seen anybody show up and throw in just shorts. Mm-hmm. This dude, and that guy was pretty good, but this dude literally shows up in flip-flops. It's wild. So funny, but so in character. <laughs> um, exactly. Let's see. Uh, Your last pick, Richard. Make it count. My last pick. This one's going to happen. Could I be an executive producer on this one? Because I got some notes already. Depends. Depends, because I'm going to have to go off the dome with this one. Um, oh, is this off the dome? Okay. Uh, Kev, do you have one? I'll think. I, oh, I, I have. To... I have one of the best documentaries to ever be produced of all time. And Richard, you probably have nothing to say about this. This is like a five-part series documentary. So this is J.R. Smith. So oh. we're going to start with J.R. Smith and Jason Terry. How he elbowed his uh, Jason Terry in the playoffs and got suspended. And after uh, a few years, he went to hug Jason Terry in the middle of the game while Jason Terry was in, uh, in Milwaukee, and uh, the opposing team scored on him. Then I have Jason uh, J.R. Smith uh, untying Sean Marion's shoelace, uh, the most expensive untie of all time, fifty thousand dollar fine. That one I have J.R. Smith, you know uh, the the soup gate, the soup gate, Damon Jones and J.R. Smith, chicken noodle <laughs> soup all over Damon Jones. I got that one. J.R. Smith game one finals against Warriors, forgetting the clock. So I want J.R. Smith and the, sh- yeah. uh, the clock from that game to sit across from each other and have a conversation. <laughs> And knowing how high JR gets, he'll probably actually talk to that clock that day. Anyways, <laughs> and I also have JR Smith. Uh, no, this is going to be narrated by Lil Wayne. So oh, that's, wow. that's my documentary. I, I got a bonus episode for you. Oh, Do you know me. when he was in New York, he organized a bike ride on Twitter at like 3 a.m.? That's not that's so JR. It's a true, true story. It was maybe 2 a.m., but yeah, he tweeted, like, let's go biking. He said the streets, whatever, and then like yeah. took a photo, and it was just him with a bunch of people biking. That's like, JR. That's, that's a man of the people. Right that there. is a man of the people. I mean, yeah, that's it. JR, a win. Will you have a segment about him and Hennessy? <laughs> I mean, what is JR without Hennessy and weed? But the, the wild thing is, apparently, he's only drank Henny like twice in his life. He went on a podcast, yeah, like, yeah. I think a few months ago, where they asked him about his, like, his Henny problem. Alleged, his Henny problem. <laughs> alleged problem. And he said he's only drank it like twice. Just halftime. But he seems like games. a Henny guy, though. He looks you know? like a Henny guy. When you <laughs> celebrate a championship with a Henny bottle in your hand, you're a Henny guy. You're a Henny and, guy. <laughs> and no shirt the entire parade. Exactly. 
Like I feel like in college you like for example in college you really kind of because there are things you do where that help you kind of have a personality like something that people remember you by. You always have that one dude who shows up to a floor party with a (laughs) with like a bottle of crystal or like a a bottle of henny or like a skull bottle, and they become like that's the henny guy. And I (laughs) and J.R. Smith, same thing. He showed up. To the parade with a henny bottle in his hand and shirtless, so he became the henny guy. Yeah, but whatever it is, very underrated career for Jr. Freakishly athletic, an amazing shooter towards um, his second half of the career, basically, and uh, great asset to LeBron through many things. And yeah, and he was a great kind of fix with Carmelo as well for her short stint with stint over there. But um, yeah, dude. One of the most eccentric guys in the league. You hear stories like Lil Wayne and him about that hotel story and things like that. It's like, like, this is a professional basketball player. Does he not care about his PR and everything? But no, JR, he's just going to do whatever he wants. But when he's on the court, he gives you his ev- everything, unless it's game one uh, finals. That's the only time, you know, a little, little lag happens. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I remember playing with him in 2K when he was on the Nuggets and I looked dude. him up and I was like, how many all-star teams has this guy made? And it was zero. And I was like, what is like, this guy's incredible. What is going yeah. on? He's yeah. so talented. But the thing is that he's a guy who won't get votes though. Cause he just doesn't appeal to the public. No, he he's also, he's inconsistent. He's, 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 he is very inconsistent. Yeah. That's so true. <laughs> so true. I, I feel like Jared Smith is also a guy that you really got to engage him to. Yeah. <laughs> JR, there's yeah. three seconds left on the clock, okay? <laughs> the ball needs to go in. It's like, yeah, got it, got it, got it. <laughs> like, yeah, bet. Bet, um, bet, got it. <laughs> so, um, I, while you gave me a few minutes to think, I thought of like a bunch of different ones. So I'm just going to throw them no, all out. No, but what's your, what's your four? What's your last one? And have my honorary mentions after, but like, sure. if you had to have one documentary, what would it be? Okay, I don't I don't want to come across as soft right now, Kev. So, the, but I think a Demar Derozan documentary would be good. Just oh my to, god! Sure. Okay, I'm done. I'm done. Yeah, that would you. be bad. That would sounds be terrible. Wait, first to capture his upbringing in Compton, which is not the what Steph Curry lived in. Oh and my his, god! And then how he was one of the first athletes to talk about mental problems, how other athletes began began to step up. So maybe hey, do not do not steal. That's stolen valor from Kevin Love. No, okay. I no. Demar was first. De- Demar was Demar first. I thought Kevin Love was pretty first. sure. I think Kevin Love said Demar inspired me. Yeah. So did just, he? Yeah. Yeah. yeah Let me see. No, maybe Demar inspired him through like private conversations, but I know for a fact that I think Kevin Love. No, came off first. no Demar was Demar was first. Demar, Demar was, was first because he posted that Instagram story that made everybody freak out. No, yeah. but Kevin Love talked about it. He sat out games before that post, and he yeah. talked about it was for mental rest. No, no, Kevin, uh, Kev, I think Kevin Love he did leave games or sit out, but that I think the team reported it as like an injury. But then afterwards, Kevin Love came out with like that Players Tribune story. Yeah, off Demar, up. yeah. DeMar didn't have a Players Tribune story, but he, like, posted about it yeah. first. And I think... Yeah, I'll allow this. I'll allow it this time. Yeah, and I, I think just capturing that aspect of sports that mm-hmm. for years has been neglected would make an interesting documentary, especially for these guys who are just viewed as superheroes by, like, millions of fans. Mm-hmm. I think it would be interesting to see that 
they're human as well and to show them in that light. But like other other things that I thought of was like a Chris Bosch documentary with Oh my god. No way, just to see like how he turned into a star in Toronto after Vince Carter left. You are the Peter Nelson of this group right now. (laughs) (laughs) Shut up. Superman. Do you want one about Maurice Morris Peterson too? No, Morris Peterson had the most iconic shot other than the Kawhi shot I've ever seen in my life. My dude's going to come up with a Jamario Moon documentary. (laughs) (laughs) I think it would be cool to see, first of all, like Chris Bosch, how he took over for Vince Carter, became a superstar in Toronto. And I think it would be Mm -hmm. interesting to capture how he started um, getting those blood clot issues, which forced him to retire. So I think that would be cool. Another YouTube 10-minute video, Richard. Fair, fair. It could be a Uh 10-minute could be a 10 minute interview it could be it could be like a 60 minutes talk with anderson there, there's so much salt over here damn i'm being so salty that's on me my bad man my bad um anyways another one that could be interesting is having just everybody that michael jordan shit on in the last dance just talk about how he was lying like a horse <laughs> like horace grand isaiah whoa, Tom, whoa, scotty whoa, Pippen, whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, maybe like a virtual uh projection of like jerry krauss Wait, wait, what, what's going on right now? What is this? Just a bunch of guys just talking about what actually happened. Yeah. I think that would be Richard, this isn't really a podcast. This, you know, Wendy and I, we got together. This is an intervention for you. You like there is LeBron stands. Like you're the ultimate LeBron stand, dude. Like leave Michael alone. He retired. He's doing his own thing. Okay. There's no need to badmouth. Like let him do his own thing. He created a great documentary. He gave us entertainment. Okay. That's it. Just let him be. Let him go sell shoes. Okay? Just, let let Michael sell shoes, Richard. Fine, fine. Okay. <laughs> One I thought of was uh, it's uh, I don't know if it's a documentary, but it would just be like give Aaron Rodgers an hour to list uh, like the biggest things that have pissed him off throughout his career. One hundred percent. Yeah, I feel like that would yes. be interesting. You know. Yeah. Have him do a sit down with his family. <laughs> oh. oh. Hey. hey. Do you think his uh, brother will be there? Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> Dude, uh, one, one, I would love to see Kevin Garnett. Kevin yeah. Garnett's documents. Like, he is absolutely insane. And I knew he got into some legal issues when he was in high school where he had to switch from uh, his town to Chicago at that time. He had to, like, make a big move because of a lot of issues over there. So yeah. uh, he's had quite the past. Yeah. it would. Yeah, he would swear a hundred times. Yeah. But, uh, yeah dude, one of my favorite documentaries of all time is Muse by uh, the one about Kobe Bryant. I think it's a few part yeah, series yeah. and in it, he swore a lot, but like that just <laughs> added to it. But Kobe swears in a way where it's like, it's classy. It's tasteful. Yeah. It's just applied at the right, right point for the impact. <laughs> so yeah. Well, he's so cultured. Kobe's cultured. Dude, uh, he, he used to fly in Indian fruit from like Britain when he lived in LA. Dude, that's Dude, so, he, sp- he, he speaks like Italian. Yeah. Like, John, no. sure. <laughs> he was supposed to be a soccer player if he didn't go into basketball. Like Kobe, that guy was cool. Didn't he speak Slovenian to uh, Luka Doncic? He did. He did. Yeah, he learned how to trash talk. And, yeah. <laughs> All I know is, you know, his petty ass probably like went on dictionary.com and learned some oh, Slovenian words. He's got Rosetta sure. Stone in his ear. Uh, walking sure. around built in Rosetta Stone. Yeah. Um, and but the last one I had um, that I thought of was a Jerry. Uh, not. Uh, what's his name? Yeah, John Jones 
documentary. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, what about that family? Because two of his brothers are in the NFL or played yeah. in the NFL. Two brothers in the NFL. John Jones is probably the greatest UFC fighter of all time, but he always has these issues. Like he was caught for steroids, DUI. Yeah. Um, I have a friend whose uh, uncle is his neighbor, and apparently that's a wild time because John Jones constantly gets arrested. There's always parties going on at his place. And I think John Jones is just such an interesting human being. Like, he, um, the craziest thing about John Jones is he once fought uh, Alex Gustafson, who at the time was like fourth ranked light heavyweight in the world. And John Jones talked about his preparation. So he went out and partied and snorted cocaine the night before his fight and then went out and destroyed one of the baddest motherfuckers in the world the next night. It makes no sense to me. <laughs> was there still cocaine in the system? Um, I don't. I, I'm not sure. Because crackhead energy is, dude, it's something else, dude. It, it's definitely <laughs> like, something else. Those dudes survive. Like, if a, if a subway ran into them, like, the subway would die before a crackhead. So well, that that's the thing, man. But, like, put it this way, Kev. Like, if you and I were training for a, a match against each other and we were going to get into the I would oxygen, win. You would win. Oh, oh, okay. My bad, my bad. Oh, we're talking. Oh, yeah, go ahead. My bad, my bad. You would hypothetically win. But I would, oh, okay. I would go like full Rocky Balboa. Like I'd be running stairs. Like I'd be drinking um, like egg yolk like every morning, like really training. Like this There's dude, no way you'll drink egg yolk. Oh, yeah. If I, no, if, I, if, if it helps me beat you in a fight, I would. I would be so alpha for the podcast. My Lord. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. Any, anyways, as we begin to wrap this up, uh, just a reminder, ballandroll.com, your spot for the best basketball content on the web. Shop.ballandroll.com, your spot for the hottest basketball merch on the web. Um, do we have anything else left to talk about? Um, what's happening in sports? Match The golf match happened. That was sick. Be- between the guy who tore his pants bending over and uh, Jack Nichols. Is it Jack- did you see that shot, though? That shot did everything. Yeah. Uh, who won that? I, I um, it was uh, Peyton. Ta- Peyton. Yeah, Tiger and Peyton. Yeah. So, yeah. but it's Tiger. So wait, I, I was not paying attention to this like at all. There's one the day the the day of the golf match. I just checked Twitter and it's blowing up saying how there's a golf match between Peyton Manning and Ti- Tiger Woods and Mickelson and Tom Brady. I'm like, oh my god, that's crazy. But I didn't end up watching it. So was this match like match two? Or yeah. is there, what was match one? It was just Phil versus Tiger. Oh, yeah. There were so many bets on that one. Yeah. Okay. I remember that. So this is match two, and now there's talks about a match three. Is that how it's working? I hope. But, no, it's the world, basically, social media, they want a match three. But, like, they're throwing out hypothetical uh, opponents, right, instead of Peyton and Brady. Yeah. Like so, pair pair which golfer with who basically? So Steph Curry is one of the guys that pe- people are saying uh, to go on there just purely because he's a really good golfer. Like there's some other names out there as well, but I think Michael Jordan should go yep. on there. Oh, yeah, dude, and mid uncensor that. that. I want I want him to be mic'd up the whole thing. I want to hear all oh. the bets. I want Slim from that core trials to be there as well oh. as Bookie. <laughs> I want all of that, man. Did you guys Did you guys notice how he had his golf clubs in the courtroom sketch? Dude, 
the most iconic <laughs> thing in the world. That was that sketch. I told Richard about this. Like that was the funniest thing in the world. My man Slim. I, he probably golfed right before that <laughs> trial, and he showed up to it with the golf club. It's like, yo, I got tea time at five. Like, let's hurry this up quick. I gotta get back over there. Yeah, Slim uh, was a character, dude. Um, I I would love to see like Brooks Kepka and Big Cat on, as one of the. Oh, Brooks. Yeah, Brooks Kepka. Kepka and Big Cat versus Michael Jordan and some other golfer. I only know three. I think that would be so funny. Like, Big Cat would people who are like kind of good at golf? Yeah, but like having Big Cat just like interview Michael Jordan during that golf game, I think that would be so funny. I no, but like the thing is that like yeah, no. Uh, Wendy said it right. Like it would be. I, you're so right. It would be electric just purely because Big Cat's personality is through the roof, and him and Brooks they have a great chemistry as well. But yeah, it has to be competitive. So and Michael, he's a good golfer. So I think like Charles Barkley would be a great ce- celebrity to go against Michael Jordan. I think that would be impressive. But Chuck isn't I, good. Chuck's, Chuck's no. Chuck's, Chuck's actually horrible. pretty good. No, 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 no. He's he, he's, that little kind of uh, lag on his uh, shot, he improved that. I think he's still bad, though. I think he's but he's so better bad than Big Cat. That, okay. Big Cat doesn't golf. Yeah, Big Cat doesn't golf. I have one that will just end this whole debate. Oh, and it's, uh, it's been sitting we'll be in front of you guys' noses. It's Stephen A versus Skip Ooh. on the golf course. I think, would their networks allow that? <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> but yours that would be awesome. I would be awesome, and, like, I and want they're them just to, de- yeah debating debates. while golfing. Yes. Oh, that, was, <laughs> that would actually be a sick like TV show, like debating a dude while he golfs or while you golf against them. That'd be sweet. Yeah, I'd be down Do you think Skip's a good golfer? No, I don't think either of them are good golfers. I don't I, think either. Both are. of them are terrible athletes. I, <laughs> the only thing. Imagine the chirps that would fly, though. Just like, hey, yeah. Skip, that shot was weaker than your Johnny Manziel take, or you know, <laughs> Stephen A. You're in the weeds. You got to stay out of the weeds. You know, <laughs> stuff like that. It would, it would be fire. No, yeah. but but you got to understand, uh, Skip would never lose because he's the fan of America's team. You know, oh, yeah. they never lose. So. Especially no, if he's wearing Jordans. Winning, winning he can't, mentality. He can't lose in those shoes. Exactly, that's true. All I know is if Skip loses, he's going to come up with some sort of excuse as to why he... Oh, yeah. spin zones? Yo, it's going to be a great spin zone for both of those guys. They're king of spin zones. Um, yeah, well, anyways. That being said, Kev, I think we got to wrap this up. Yes. Wendy, uh, thanks so much for being on this episode. I appreciate it. Uh, well, thanks for having me. It was a great time. time, bro. Awesome. And thank you, Wendy, of course. Uh, always welcome. Always we'll have you on anytime, dude. We have nothing to talk about. <laughs> nothing going on. Next week, we're talking about uh, Team Ontario curling. It's going to be uh, lit. Dude, I'm more of an Alberta fan, so. Ah, ah that's bad. That's bad. <laughs> Some rivalry. <laughs> I always take the over on Ontario. Wait, Kev, that would actually be pretty sick. Like, what if we do a little research and just have a segment dedicated to Ontario? More research. I'm a devout Team Ontario fan. Okay, I'll do some research. Okay, cool. That'd be sweet. (laughs) (laughs) Ontario curling. Yeah. Okay, anyway. We'll do that next week. Um, Anyways, that's a wrap for this week of the Ball and Roll Pick and Pod. We will be back next week. Quarantine is still going to be ongoing. We'll be here to serenade you with our voices. Until next week, peace.